1: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Dr. Bonnie Goldstein at her home by Remote Connection. She's the author of Cannabis is Medicine, How Medical Cannabis and CBD are Healing Everything from Anxiety to Chronic Pain. Bonnie, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thanks, Justine. You know, with so much information floating around about medical cannabis or some call it medical marijuana, it can be overwhelming. So please, can you give us an overview of the current state of scientific research on the use of cannabis for treating illnesses?
2: Well, probably as you know, because it's all over the media all the time now, there's a huge interest in medical cannabis. And it's interesting because cannabis was medicine for much longer than it wasn't medicine remember in the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, marijuana was uh, made illegal, and there was a, a lot of propaganda. Let's say like Reefer Badness, this crazy movie that came out. In fact, my father's ninety years old and he remembers seeing it. And what happened was we lost this terrific tool. And what's happened just in the last few years is that we've discovered something called the endocannabinoid system, which is a system w- that humans have. Its job is to maintain balance and homeostasis and to help protect and to help repair anytime there's inflammation, injury, or illness, infection. This is a system that we already have existing. And what's amazing is that the compounds in the cannabis plant help augment and assist this system to do what it's designed to do, which is to get us back into balance, to help protect, and to help repair. And... You know, the endocannabinoid system was only discovered in 1988. That's not that long ago. And uh, with the prohibition on cannabis research and on using cannabis, we've lost a lot of time. And just, I would say, in the last couple of decades, the interest has skyrocketed. And I will tell you that all over the world, researchers at universities, even at pharmaceutical companies, are looking into how cannabis, the various compounds, cannabinoids, impact human health.
1: So that's one of the phrases that is all the way through your book, endocannabinoid system. There's another word, too, is phytocannabinoid. The
2: endocannabinoid system is the system in our cells, right? Just the same way, like if I eat um, a candy bar, my pancreas kicks out insulin, right? Because it sees sugar. That's a system in my body to regulate my sugar. Well, the endocannabinoid system exists in many places in our body, kind of all over brain, gut, immune system, to name the three top places that we know that it interacts, but it's also in other areas. This system, like I said, regulates our balance of the messages that our cells sending. Phytocannabinoids, the word phyto refers to plant. So phytocannabinoids are plant cannabinoids. Remember, cannabinoids is a term that just references certain chemical compounds that look similar, okay? We make our own inner cannabis compounds that we call endocannabinoids. Endo is the word for within. So what's amazing is that we humans and other animals as well, your pets make endocannabinoids. We have these compounds in our body that mother nature also makes in the plant called the cannabis plant. And if you happen to be deficient in your endocannabinoids, which is now something that is being that can be measured at least in a study, for instance, there's two studies, one out of Stanford University here in California and one out of Israel that shows that children with autism have lower levels of endocannabinoids. Now, when we look at children with autism, they have problems with communication, problems with behavior. Why do they have these problems? Well, potentially, it could be due to these low levels of endocannabinoids. It's like a deficiency, and we're all, you know, the rage lately has been vitamin D deficiency. You get tested, your doctor gives you some vitamin D, tells you to get in the sun a little bit, right, to manufacture your own vitamin D. We don't leave people deficient in compounds. So if I had a child with autism in front of me, and I know potentially that he has a low level of endocannabinoids. How do I replace that? Well, you can do some of it through dietary enhancement, right? Healthy fats help your body build your endocannabinoids. However, why can't we use a cannabinoid replacement from the cannabis plant? And I don't know if you know this, but there's been a huge interest from the population of families that are struggling with children with autism because we really don't have any other medication to help them. But why not replace what's missing? instead of band-aiding the situation.
1: Well, exactly. Not all cannabis is equal, so to speak. And this comes to the idea of how much THC is in that particular plant or how much CBD is in that particular plant. And this is kind of new. This is in the last few decades that it's really looked at and kind of dissected The cannabis plant instead of just saying a generic marijuana plant. It's not generic. It's got lots of different aspects to it. So that makes figuring out dosage very difficult. So just say something about THC and CBD and what those two particular compounds are in any cannabis plant. Sure. So the cannabis plant has over 500
2: different compounds and there's one family of compounds called phytocannabinoids, as you mentioned. I think the count is about up to 140 different phytocannabinoids now in the plant that are at least identified. The two main phytocannabinoids are THC and CBD in terms of what's been studied the most and what people are using the most. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Researchers are studying what people are using. THC and CBD have different mechanisms of action in the way that they work. THC works directly at the cannabinoid receptor, part of the endocannabinoid system that we have. CBD has some action within the endocannabinoid system, but the vast majority of its actions are outside what we call non cannabinoid receptor related. So it works at a multitude of other places. You know, it's interesting. It works at GABA, so GABA is our neurotransmitter that makes us calm, right? So we know that CBD can enhance GABA. We know that CBD can enhance a compound in your body called adenosine. Adenosine helps with pain relief. So why wouldn't you want that enhancement, right? So CBD has a lot of actions. One is not bad and one is not good. They are all good. They are what they are. If you use them properly, and you are a responder because that's part of it too. You know, you ha- your body has to respond positively for you to get the benefit. These compounds can be used in various amounts, either high THC, high CBD, or some ratio of the two together that can give you a kind of a personalized, customized response. Often people will ask me, oh, I have sciatica. What's the ratio I should use? There is no magic ratio. It's not one size fits all. Everybody has to find what works for them. So when you approach cannabis, and look, if we think that doctors are doing anything different with other medications, they're not. You try one, it doesn't work. They'll switch it to another. If that doesn't work, they may switch it to another. It's very similar. We don't all respond to that first medication that gets handed to us. So With cannabis, you have to remember it's a bit of a journey to find what works for you. And it may take a couple of months of trial and error, starting low dose, making notes, keeping track, logging what you're responding to, and being willing and open to try a few different things to really dial in what works best for your body. I think a lot of us are doing this with diet now. We're doing ketogenic. Does that help me? paleo or gluten-free.
1: Well, you don't know until you try. You have to listen to your body. So I'm thinking it's easier to analyze or to do testing and research on the effects of a single compound drug, let's say. Like a prescription drug is kind of targeted with one kind of substance in it. Whereas what you just said about cannabis it has like 500 compounds. And so it makes it difficult to do research. And also because it's still scheduled one is the government is not allowing human testing, even though the government has said that it does have benefits and they've retracted that. And for the DEA has said that medical marijuana does have benefits. And they suggested reclassifying but it actually hasn't happened. So that's something I guess that we could advocate for to change that. But anyway, here we are. It's hard to really test it on humans, isn't it? It absolutely is because it's
2: hard to know where your endocannabinoid system is. And then we go ahead and we give you some cannabis and then see what your response is. It is much easier to do research with single compounds because then you're controlling for that variable. I'll share with you that if I have a child who, let's say, stops having seizures with a certain, let's say, cannabis tincture or extract, and I know in that bottle there's hundreds and hundreds of compounds, how am I supposed to know which one is benefiting that child? Maybe it's a combination of multiple compounds. It is a difficult research to do. We might have to change the paradigm of how we do research for cannabis. It doesn't fit the standard pharmaceutical model. It just doesn't. But at the same time, to throw that out and say, oh, it's not medicinal because I can't, as a scientist, understand every little thing about it. I think that would be criminal to do for people. I have seen cannabis change the lives of people. Look, I have children who couldn't go to school, who are now not only going to school, but learning, participating, doing exactly what people never thought that they would be able to do because cannabis was added to their regimen, either with or without other medications. Again, the paradigm of the pharmaceutical model, just it's not going to work for cannabis. We've lost a lot of time. And I think to study each compound individually when people are taking it as a whole doesn't necessarily make sense.
1: You know, more and more people, especially in the elder age group, I mean, I'm getting into that age group and practically all of my friends take some sort of form of medical cannabis. And we kind of share advice and share, like, here's what's working for me and here's how I'm taking it. So it's really up for a lot of people to use medical cannabis these days.
2: Well, I think people in general understand that it's not dangerous, Um, and I also think... um, When you hear of somebody else's success, you think, well, you know, I'm struggling. I'm not sleeping at night. I have pain. I really hate these pills they gave me, and I'm not taking them. So now I'm not taking medicine, and I'm struggling, and maybe something natural will help. And again, it's in the media all the time. We're being inundated. It's nice to have this resurgence of interest in cannabis because, again, it was prohibited, and we were all propagandized against it. And it really is the opposite. And, you know, I get approached by a lot of doctors from other countries who say, you give cannabis to three-year-olds? Really? You give cannabis to a 90-year-old? How can that be? Look, I'm a fairly conservative physician, and I've tried to learn everything I could learn about cannabis so that I can help people. You really can't, Do too much harm with this if you're reasonably conservative with your advice and with what we call our little motto, start low and go slow. It's not going to fix every ailment overnight. I think we've all been kind of brainwashed a little bit with pharmaceuticals that you take a pill and you're better. That's not how this works. One of my analogies is that if I'm out of shape and I go to the gym tomorrow, I am not in shape tomorrow (laughs) evening. I have to work at it. It's something natural to me. So really anything natural is going to take time. And that's the thing that I tell people about cannabis, especially CBD. When you take a low dose and you say, oh, it didn't work for me, consider that maybe you didn't take enough or that the anti-inflammatory effects are cumulative and need some time. I always tell everybody, you got to give it minimum, minimum of two weeks, but likely much longer in order to really feel the benefits. Different with THC, because THC can kick in immediately, at least temporarily, and give you some temporary
1: relief. So I just want to mention to our listeners that you are a physician that is a cannabis specialist, and you work as medical director of Cannabis Centers Wellness and Education, a medical practice in Los Angeles. And for those of us who say, okay, we want some help from some doctor, you have suggested a website that we could go to to see if there's a clinician in our area.
2: That's right. So there's a group called the Society of Cannabis Clinicians and the website is cannabisclinicians.org. And they do have an area on the website that you could put in your zip code to see if you can find a physician in your area. There are now many physicians open to cannabis. It's hard to ignore cannabis these days. As you mentioned, Justine, you said just about everybody you know is using it. You know, people do talk to their doctors. Hey, doctor, I'm taking some CBD. I don't need those anxiety pills anymore. And unless you're a doctor who's, you know, completely living under a rock, you have to have spoken to a patient about cannabis and heard that they don't necessarily need a refill on their prescriptions or that they're just overall feeling better. And I think doctors are finally coming around to listening to that. It's taken some time, but they are finally getting there.
1: Just the other day, I did a video doctor's appointment, and he asked me, all right, what medications are you taking for my particular pain? And uh, I mentioned marijuana and or cannabis, and he didn't even bat an eye. He just added that to my medical record. So it's in the air, it's happening, and it's going to continue, I think. So I just want to thank you for the wonderful book that you have written. It's just such a resource for us, uh, just a huge resource. And so people will want it in their library to really understand this. There's so much to understand. And the book is called Cannabis is Medicine, How Medical Cannabis and CBD are Healing Everything from Anxiety to Chronic Pain. And if you want to know more about the work of Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, you can go to her website, BonnieGoldsteinMD.com. And she spells her first name B O N N I, BonnieGoldsteinMD.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine willis thompson and I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Café, and I invite you to please do join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Café. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member,